Hey, good evening, everybody. We're going to give you a double introduction of Robbie. How's that sound? Because I think my dad covered it. Here's the one thing I just want to say about Robbie. Um, if, well, first of all, who's heard Robbie before? Give him some love. Come on, who likes Robbie? All right. If this is your first time hearing him, this is just what I would say to you. Like, he carries amazing revelation, amazing insight, really profound stuff. But what I have benefited the most from Robbie and what has impacted me the most is the grace he has to equip you with practical things to live like Jesus. You know, like, I, dude, I love getting my mind blown. But there's also, a, and like hearing sermons and messages where I'm just like, oh my gosh, how did that person understand that thing in the Bible? But there's something to be said too for actually applying that stuff. You know, like the point is to be more like Jesus, not just to have all these cool new thoughts like Jesus. So that's, the, that's what I, I've been most impacted by Robbie is the grace on him to equip. And you actually can like live in and do the stuff that he's talking about. So just like ready your hearts in that way. And uh, Robbie, man, come on up. Love you, bro. wasn't turning anything, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, what a joy, man. You know, uh, as many times as I've been here now, uh, coming here feels uh, in many ways like coming home. Uh, seriously. Um, yeah, it really does. You know, I just walked in Van's office, put my feet up on the desk, <laughs> licked all the M&Ms in his little candy bowl there. He didn't know that when he came in and started eating them afterwards, but there it is, Van, just so you know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a real treat, and, and I, I love being uh, where people really get it, and I know these guys do, and I know you do, and so uh, it's, a, it's a real joy uh, to be back with you. Um, just let me share quickly just a few things. So again, we have resources back here, and... Um, uh, just things to help you uh, keep stirred up and doing uh, you know things that we're talking about with this uh, conference being a lot focused on identity um, you know one of the when I when I started hearing a lot about the identity message I remember I, I told my wife I said I'm going to write a book where it sort of exposes the back end of the identity message where it exposes the lie of the enemy because uh and, and, and obviously, when you're, when, whenever they are, uh, whenever they're trying to expose counterfeit, you know, they don't study the counterfeit itself, but they, they study the real thing. They study the real money so that you can identify the counterfeit. However, the purpose of studying that is to be able to identify the lie, to identify the counterfeit, uh, you know, the counterfeit bills. And so, anyway, my book, uh, Identity Thief, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is all about that and just explaining how that... Uh, we want to uncover and expose the lie of the enemy, things we believe that aren't true, that the enemy has just been trying to do and lie to us about our entire life and trying to uh, deplete. I was just on a, a radio program um, uh, Tuesday night. Um, it was a, a national uh, syndicated uh, Christian radio program. And one of the things that they kept focusing on over and over, they're like, man, we're shocked at how vulnerable you are in this book. 
you know, about your family, about your history, about all this. And I told him, I said, but that's the only way to really expose the lie is to really sort of unmask Satan and unmask, you know, his lies. And so we've got to be honest in order to do that, in order to see that sort of stripped away and revealed. But anyway, uh, then also we have the, the, to go along with my book, Do What Jesus Did, we have the field guides, which these are the, um, gets into the, the training, the how-tos, the stepping out into this stuff and uh, being able to understand just all the ways that God wants to use you. This is the, takes, takes the book, Do What Jesus Did, and puts it into action for you. And then a teaching that I did that has probably three, I think that are three of my sort of flagship messages that I have for the church are really in this uh, CD set called Being the Empowered Church. These are three messages that I really believe the Lord has given me. And, and I've never put a lot of emphasis on this. But I've shared it, probably, I've probably shared it here, but I've shared it pretty quickly. But this, this was a conference that we did in Aurora, in the city where I planted my church. And um, one of the things was, that was so significant was these three messages that were really explaining and understanding what I really think the church needs to understand in order to live this empowered life. And uh, those three are in this set, and, and that's what this, uh, this was a conference that we did. We had people represented, uh, especially as a part of the vineyard from all over the United States. Every single region in the U.S. was represented at, the, at this particular conference. But it's really just understanding just how much the Lord really has for us in releasing and stepping out and, and being empowered. And then, of course, we've got copies of Holy Ghost uh, Reborn. We've, got, uh, we're, we've really been depleted in, in, some of our, in some of the movies that we have back there. But uh, what we've got is back there. But if you haven't seen these, these are must-see. They, they really kind of give you that understanding of everything that... Uh, just of everything that you see, you know, people do in, in arenas or in large gatherings such as this... This is taking it out to the streets, and that's the objective. We want to see everybody, every believer living this out, you know, in everyday life, living that naturally supernatural life, and so that's the point of these movies. And then we have these drives, excuse me, these jump drives. The black ones are the audio, the silver or the video, and it has every single teaching that we have back there at the table uh, on those uh, drives. Tim, can you grab those for me? Thank you, sir. And... uh, and so, anyway, I, I, I want to just encourage you to, you know, to help you, you know, stay resourced in those things, um, just to know that that's there and that's for you. Um, you know, I, I've got, it, it, it's so interesting, because as we were coming here, and I was just like going, okay, Lord, you know, pe- people always ask me, like, you know, they'll write to me two months in advance of a place I'm going to speak, and they're like, you know, hey, uh, what are you going to be speaking on while you're here? And I'm like, I have no idea. I really don't. I have no idea. Uh, I don't like plot things out, you know, a lot in advance. And part of that is because I'm just always kind of like, okay, Lord, wh- you know, what's your heart? What, what's, what's happening in the moment? You know, when you're going to, when you're going to prepare to preach on a Sunday morning, you, you've got to have a, a decent plan. You've got to have a good plan in place, you know, because you've got about a 30, 35 minute, 40 tops, like shot, 
you know, of all this stuff that you got to get in. And when I would preach at my church on Sundays, I would, you know, I would work on it for a good two or three days before, uh, you know, going on Sunday morning. And I would have a good plan and I would have notes and stuff like that. That may have been a post-it note, but still it was notes, you know, <laughs> at least I had something. Um, but you, you sort of kind of come in, you know, sort of come in with that. But in these sort of settings, there's this liberty that you have to just sort of, you know, follow, okay, what's the, what's the heart of the Father saying? And, and that's part, partly why you're here. You're here not just here something that, uh, you know, that, oh, you know, this works someplace else, let's bring it here. And, and sometimes that happens. You do that because they're just messages for seasons, and everybody needs to hear those in that season. But then there's also just sort of what, what, is, what is the Father saying? What is the, and what is, what is sort of fresh in the heart? And I, I feel that there's some, some things that are happening here that the Lord is really setting the stage. And, and, and as wonderful as those, both those introductions were of me, you know, one of the things that I so respect about your pastoral staff, about the Cochrans and about their, their leadership here is being willing to sort of reroute and just sort of follow what the, the Lord starts moving with. There's, there comes a point where you're just going, what's, what's Holy Spirit breathing on? And we just have to follow that. Even when it doesn't you know, follow a measurable plan or follows this thing, uh, you know, a certain direction. You know, we just have to follow that sense of where, where's the spirit going and where is the spirit leading. And, and if you take a look at the children of Israel all throughout the Old Testament or, through, or especially through Exodus and, and through their trek through the desert, is they're looking for where's this cloud moving? You know, where is this cloud? You know, they knew that it was going to the promised land, but there wasn't a lot of communication of where that was. And God kind of kept a lot of that, I believe, in obscurity. And the reason is, is because God didn't want them dependent on the destination. He wanted them dependent on him. He didn't want, we sort of have this A to B to C sort of thinking. And where's the final, okay, Lord, where are you taking us? Give us the final destination. The problem is, is that dependency, that pushing into him throughout that entire journey gets skipped if we get to X marks the spot and we don't move in that place of, let me just tell you right now, I am preaching to me and letting all of you listen right now. This is a message for me, and you get to hear it, okay? That's what's happening right now. Because we're like, Lord, you know, where are you taking us, and where is, I remember as a young man going, God, if you just show me where you're going to, what do you want me to do for the next five years, you know, so I can start moving that direction. Lord, would you give me, where where am I going to be five years from now? Guess what God does? He says nothing. (laughs) You know why? We'll get ahead of him. We'll get ahead of him. He wants us in that daily pushing into him. Where do you want me today? You know, where, what are you doing today? How can I follow what you're doing today? How can I follow and, and, and you know, you're prompting, you're leading, you know, in this thing right now. And so it, it's, it's a matter of just fo- sort of following suit. I remember we had a, a group of young people that came from Atlanta, Georgia uh, to Aurora one time. And this was not too long after Furious Love had uh, been released and this youth group had saw the movie and they were like, hey, we want to come serve in you know, your community with you. And, and we were like, yeah, sure, come on. We had no idea what we were saying yes to. I mean, we ended up having 25 young people in a building where there was no shower for a week. 
that's just a bad idea. You know, I mean, somebody wasn't thinking ahead, me, you know, and uh, by the grace of God, the church down the street that was good friends of ours had a small little basketball, you know, sort of gymnasium, which had showers in it. And so they could all walk down there, you know, Uh, but, but we were just like, they're sleeping in the church They're you know, and they did a lot of nice little projects, but part of it was that we would take them out and, and Tim uh, had come out. uh, I I think that's when we originally met. I believe that was when Tim and I originally met and, and we were taking them out, hitting the streets, uh, Jay, his friend, my friend, Jay Lehman, uh, taking them out, hitting the streets. My kids were taking groups out. And we took this one group, uh, I had this, and it turns out that everybody in my group was this group of homeschool students that had been homeschooled their entire lives, okay? And they had not been exposed to the hood, you know what I mean? And so they're like, we're, we're in this gritty section of town, you know, and, and in this area, and they're, they're like walking, and you know, when they approach somebody, you know, to ask them if they could pray for them. It's like, can I please pray for you? And people are like, what? And they're like, I'd like to pray for you. And they're like, huh, what? You know, I mean, it was just these little sweet sheltered kids that were just sweet as they could be, you know? And uh, they were just wonderful. But I'm sitting there and I take, and they look at me and they're like, Mr. Robbie Dawkins, sir, Mr. Doc, sir, you know, like, could you please tell us, you know, where are we going to go? And I'm like, I have no idea. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I have no idea. We're just, we're just going out and just right now we need people. We got to find people. People is the objective right now, you know? And so we, we ran out of court. Now, there was this one spot that was like three blocks from the church, and, and it, was, it was by this sort of pro, big, massive, uh, you know, uh, rent by the night almost, like rooms that were, you know, that had one bathroom for 20 rooms, that type of thing. You know, they all shared. And, and so we, we go by there, and I'd always know going down there, there was always a group of people. They were always drinking. They'd shoot up down there and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, there's people. We can go down there. And so we start walking down this alley, and the kids are like, Mr. Robbie, Sir Dawkins, Mr. Sir, you know, are we, is this okay? Is this safe? And I said, listen, let me tell you something. If you hang out with me, never ask that question ever again. That's just a question you don't ask, you know? You know when, you, when you go, let me, let me just give you a tip. Can I, can I give you a tip here? If you go on a missions trip, never say, is it safe? You're on a missions trip. It should not be safe. You know, just nothing should be safe. So don't ask if it's safe. Just go. You know what I mean? All of this is about dependency on Jesus anyway. So we go, we're walking down, we go down and there's these guys down there and sure enough, you know, these guys are doing drugs and drinking and, and one of them, there was this one uh, particular prostitute that worked that area. Her name was Violet and I prayed with her before and uh, shared with her. And all of a sudden she sees me walking with this group of young people and she's like, heads up! Heads up! The preacher's coming! The preacher's coming! And everybody's stashing their bottles and vials and all this stuff as if I'm like a narc cop, you know, coming to bust them or something. 
And I looked at Violet and I'm like, Violet, why did you say that? You act like I'm coming to bust everybody. And, and she looks at me, she goes, I'm just letting everybody know the preacher's here. The pre-. And I was like, whatever, you know, you're ratting me out somehow thinking they're going to, you know, some, they need to hide this. So I walk, I, I said, hey, I said, guys, here's the deal. I said, we, I said, we want to pray for people. And I said, uh, I said, now, which one of you, and there was probably about seven or eight right there. I said, which one of you has problems with your left knee? And, and they were all like, like that. And then this one young guy who was probably about 22, I looked at him, I said, is it you? And he goes, no. I got no problem with my left knee. And this, this elder... This, this guy who was probably in his late 40s, uh, African-American guy, hits him on the shoulder, hits this young white kid on the shoulder, and he goes, you're a liar! He goes, don't lie to the preacher, God will strike you dead. <laughs> and I was like, God's not going to strike him dead. I said, but why, just tell me, I, I, I just want to pray for you. And he goes, he goes, okay. And he, I, I said, does it, does it hurt? And he goes, well, a little bit. And he goes, it hurts a lot. He goes, tell him it's true. It hurts a lot. And he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, okay, I busted my knee. And, and I looked at him and I said, listen. I said, dude, just let me pray for you. And he's like, what do I do? I said, well, you know, can you bend it? I said, show me where. And he goes, he goes I, can't, I can't bend it. I said, just show me how, where, where the pain hits the most when you go to bend it. And he puts his hand on this dumpster and he goes to bend and he's like, oh, and I mean, that's literally about as far as he got. He goes, oh, 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 it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. I said, all right, whatever pain level that is, that's 10. Zero is no pain. I said, here's the deal. I said, I'm going to pray for you. Jesus is going to completely heal your knee right now so that you'll know how much he loves you and cares about you and that he wants a relationship with you. I said, can I pray for you? And he goes, I guess. And I said, okay. I said, so I said, let me just put my hand on your shoulder. I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, father, I thank you for healing power. And I thank you. I forget the guy's name. I thank you. Thank you for the young man. I said, by the authority of Christ, I command this need to be healed. I command brand new cartilage, brand new muscles, brand new nerves right now by the authority of Christ, all pain get out so that he'll know how much you love him and care about him, that you want a relationship with him. I said, be healed for the glory of Jesus Christ right now in Jesus name. And I said, now check out your knee. And he goes, you don't understand. He goes, it's really bad. It's really, I said, just, just check it. So he puts his hand back on the dumpster and he goes, but it's really. And then he puts his hand on the other guy's shoulder and he goes and he bends down and he comes back up and then he lifts the good knee and bends on the bad knee. You know, doing this dip all the way down, comes back up. And I said, give me a number where it's at. And he goes, ha ha. And he took off running. <laughs> and he's running away. He's run- and he runs, he runs, he runs down the, the alley and he jumps this fence into this park. I mean, jumps the fence and the, the other guy that was there, he goes, oh, I know he's healed now. He goes, look at him go. And he goes and he circles around the block and he comes back around and I'm like, come back, come back. And he comes back around and he runs right up to it. I said, all right, give me a number. And he goes, zero. And I was like, it's zero. He goes, yeah. He goes, it's zero. And I said, I looked at him. I said, now look, 
I said, Jesus, just in healing your knee, he just introduced himself to you. He just showed you uh, how much he loves you and he cares about you. And I said, now, let me show you something else. And I said, which one of you has a leg shorter than the other? And the guy who was sitting there who goes, who, you know, who was, uh, who hit him on the shoulder, he goes, he goes, hey, he goes, look at this. And he holds out his arm and his arm is like about seven or eight inches shorter than the other arm. And he goes, take a look at that. And I looked at it, I was like, whoa. I said, that's cool. I said, well, let's pray, let's pray for your arm. So we prayed for his arm, no change. Prayed two or three times, no change. It didn't budge. He goes, I think it maybe moved a quarter of an inch. It didn't move a quarter of an inch. He was lying. He was just trying to you know, make me feel good. And I was like, no, don't, don't be nice to me. Tell me the truth. And so I said, now listen, I, I said, I, I said a, a leg shorter than the other. I said, do you have a leg? He goes, oh, I got that too. And so I said, okay, I said, sit down over here on the stoop. So he sits on the stoop and I tell the young guy, I said, come here. I said, kneel down here and I want you to hold the legs. And so the guy holds his legs, the kids whose knee just got healed. So he holds the legs and he holds it up and it's about three quarters of an inch shorter than the other leg. And I said, now, I said, I'm about to show you what Jesus wants to do with you for the rest of your life. And he goes, what's that? And I said, I'm going to show you. And so I said, just repeat after me. It's Father, Father, thank you for healing power. Thank you for healing. By the authority of Christ's leg, I command you to grow out. And the leg starts moving out. Moves out about a half inch, not, not the full three quarters of an inch. And the kid drops the legs and he goes, oh my God. He goes, I'm a healer. And I looked at him and I said, sort of, I said, but hang with me here. And he goes, oh, oh, and his hands are shaking. And he's like, I'm a healer. I didn't know I was a healer. And I'm like, just, just chill just a second. I said, hang on. I said, now listen. I said, let's, let's take it all the way. And he goes, oh, give me a minute. Give me a minute. And his hands are shaking. And I said, come on, come on. And he comes down and it's still about a quarter of an inch. And he, he, he prays. And I said, now command it to grow out the rest of the way. Repeat after me. He prays. The leg shoots out the rest of the way. And he drops it. He goes, oh, oh. And I looked at him. I said, now guys, here's the I said, Jesus just showed you how he wants to use you the rest of your life. He just showed you what he wants to do with you. And I said, what he just did with his leg, now he wants to deal, do with his entire life. All the pain, the hurt, the loneliness, all of the, all the woundedness. I said, he wants to heal every bit of that. And I looked at, at, at the young man and I said, what Jesus just did, you know, for your knee, now he wants to do for all of your life. And he wants to use you guys just like he used you here. I said, I'm not the one. When I prayed for the arm to grow out, nothing changed. But look, when you did this, Jesus just showed you, this is how I want to use you the rest of your life. And I said, how many of you, you know, uh, there were four of them standing there. I said, how many of you want, to, want Jesus to use you like that? And the prostitute and the, the two guys both said, we do. And so right there, we prayed together. They gave their lives to Jesus. Those guys plugged into our church. We saw them as a regular part of our church. And today, today, the guy that had the arm that was shorter than the other, today, that guy is on our pastor's council at our church today. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the power of God and, and work in this. And this is what we are revealing to people who they really are. We're revealing to them who Jesus says they are. Their true self that God always intended to be. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Chronicles uh, 20. 
Second Chronicles 20. Now the enemy is always going to be fighting us in our thinking, in our processing. He's always going to be fighting and, and you know, you can't do this. You can't, you know, uh, right now we're, uh, a friend of mine and I are, are plotting and planning this trip to Afghanistan and, and working with some church leaders and, you know, showing them how to do power evangelism and uh, talking about taking them out and, you know, and we're, we're plotting this thing. And one of, the, one of the most difficult things that we are having to figure out and sort of figure, plot out how to, how to make this work is undoing so much of what the message that these guys have heard of how disqualified they are. Now, the sad part of that is that it has not come through uh, as much of Islam and them growing up as, as Muslims as it has come through the message that they are receiving and have received through the church. This disqualification, this, this you, you know, you don't measure up because this and you don't, you know, all of this. And, and the first part of what we've got to do is sort of dismantle that inside of them in order to get them to this place of understanding what Christ has done and who Christ is in them and sort of, you know, breaking that up. And that's a bigger task than how it just sounds. Uh, it's, a, it's a more of a challenging task. Because not only have they gotten that through messages and things of the church, they've also got it from, you know, being born into Muslim culture, into Muslim teaching, which also gives them a strong sense of disqualification and, and, and pushed aside. But you have all these obstacles. And so sometimes the only way that you can get people out of that is to take them in a place of God using them in spite of, instead of just convincing them and sort of winning them over through the thinking, which is what we were doing with those people that day. I could have preached to them a message of grace. I could have preached to them how much Jesus loved them. I could have preached. But until I showed them Jesus wants to use you, no matter how broken you think you are, Jesus wants to use you. He's not looking for people that are perfect. He's working to be perfect in people. He's working to be perfect through you and with us. And that is what really understanding our identity is all about. It's not what I can do or how I measure up, but what Christ can do. So, to set the stage, you, when we take a look at this passage, you see that Ahab and Jehoshaphat, these, these armies are coming against them. These are armies that we see here in a little bit have been sort of, uh, they, they, were, they were lands that the children of Israel went around and bypassed. And didn't have, you know, conflict with. And now these guys are sort of coming back, you know, years later and attacking Israel, attacking, you know, uh, um, attack, attacking Judah. And you see here that, that Ahab, you know, kind of goes and, and, and it's, a, it's a sad story where Ahab is thinking that he can overcome them. And, and that you have these prophets that are there that are... That the, the spirit, you see this lying spirit goes into their mouths and they begin to speak lies. And that the people be, believe the lies and the king, especially Ahab, believes the lies. Well, it ends up getting him killed and destroyed. And it's sad. It's, it's, a, terrible, it's a terrible scenario. And even as Jehoshaphat is sitting there listening to these things, he's, there's something in Jehoshaphat that says, this isn't right. And he speaks up and he says, is there not a prophet of God in your midst? Do you not have a prophet of God? And, and, and Ahab goes, yeah, we do, but I hate that guy. 
You know, he never says anything I like. He always says, you know, stuff I don't like. And he goes, I keep him in the lowest part of the prison. You know, I hate that guy. I hate what, you know, he doesn't. These guys I like because they tell me all the stuff I want, you know, versus this guy who's telling me all these things, you know, that I don't like. And so, you know, Jehoshaphat convinces him to bring him there. Well, again, it doesn't go well because he speaks the truth and then he gets, he tries to lie at first. And then, you know, he's like, don't lie to me. I told you always speak the truth. And then when he does, you know, he gets rebuked, he gets slapped. It's, it's, it's a sad story. Anyway, so now this, this vast armies have now, they've gone through, they've, they've fought Ahab and his you know, his kingdom, and now they're coming after Jehoshaphat. In verse 20, or excuse me, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, it says, After this, the army of the Moabites, the Amorites, and some of the Minyanites declared war against Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat of this vast army from Edom is marching against you uh, from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazan Tamar, and this was a, another name for Ingedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah began fasting. Now here's a different response. You see sort of Ahab sort of rallying the troops and sort of pumping up the, the nation with this positive information that's all really a bunch of lies just to sort of rally the troops. And any coach knows you, you got to keep the troops motivated. You got to keep the troops together. But there's a lack of truly assessing their condition. And here's the thing. In order for us to see transformation, we have to accurately assess condition. I have to see my need in order to be transformed. Does that make sense? In order for true transformation to come, I have to see my need for transformation. And so Jehoshaphat is terrified by this news. He's begging the Lord for guidance and he orders everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So the people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem seeking the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. And he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of the kingdoms of the earth. Now let me tell you something. Kings are easily threatened. Kings are easily jealous. Jehoshaphat is being very wise. He's stopping and he's saying, look, I may be a ruler of this nation, but I'm not ruler of the world. Only you are that. He's turning his attention to the father and he's putting aside sort of his position and letting his position yield to the father's position because he knows this is the only way that we're going to survive. I can't bring about the redemption of my people. Only you can do that. He's honestly assessing their condition. And he says, uh, you alone are the God who is over heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? Did they not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. And they said, whenever we are faced with calamity, such as war or plague or famine, that we can come and stand in in your presence. 
uh, before this temple where your name is honored and we can cry out to you and you would save us and you will hear us and you will rescue us. Now notice this. In this place of where Jehoshaphat is, he's, he's properly acknowledging the desperation and the need that they are in. But he's also acknowledging the source where the breakthrough comes. The source. We can stop and think, oh, we can't honestly assess our condition because to do so is to make ourselves vulnerable to potential collapse. Well, that's when we're the source. But when the Father is the source, when Almighty God's the source, to stop and to say, we are helpless. We can't do this on our own. We can't do, we don't have the ability. We don't, if you don't show up, all is lost because you alone can do this. Now it puts us in a vulnerable position, but it also puts him in a place of responding. We are in need of you. We must have you. We're desperate for you. And he says, in this place where war, he goes, your name is honored, so we cry out to you to save us. You will hear us. You will rescue us. And now see these armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, what they are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. And they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have now come to throw us out of, notice this, your land. Your land. Your land. Let me tell you something, guys. If you want God to respond when you're in a place of need, acknowledge everything that you have, everything that you are, everything is his. Just, Lord, this is, this is all yours. I can't do this on my own. I didn't build this. I didn't. All of it belongs to you. I am anything because of you. That's the, that's the wisest position you can ever put yourself in. That's the wisest place. Because all of that speaks of true identity. True identity is not based on what I've built for myself or me understanding just who I am, but me acknowledging who Christ is in me. Me acknowledging the conqueror that is in me. Me acknowledging my need. Me acknowledging my lack. Me acknowledging my insufficiency. But here's the thing. The enemy will get me so caught up on how insufficient and lacking and and incapable that I am to the point where that I never do anything. And that's the voice of the enemy. But the voice of God, from God's perspective of identity, is no, I have nothing, I am nothing, everything, I, everything that has potential is because of you, and I am here on your behalf and your bidding, I am here as a representative of you, and not of myself. That's what David did when he was standing before Goliath. Today, the Lord will deliver this Goliath into our hands. Today, the Lord will come and overthrow him. Today, the Lord will go. I will go and the Lord will do this. You see, that's confidence in who he is in you. Does that make sense? And this changes everything because otherwise we'll just get in this. And, and it, it bugs me, you know, when I see so much of, of Christendom. Well, you know, I'm, you know, I don't like it when people say, you know, oh, you know, they pray for somebody and they get healed. And so they go, thank you. And oh, don't thank me. I didn't do anything. That's a lie. You did do something. You took a risk. You stepped out. You prayed. 
Doing nothing is keeping your mouth shut, sitting in the corner, just going, oh, it'd be so good if somebody would pray for that person to be healed. You know what I mean? Don't say you didn't do anything. You did do something. You trusted God and God came through. You stepped out in faith and the father showed up. You did do something. Just don't take all the credit away from God and be like, oh, did you see what I did? <laughs> yeah, that's who I am and how I live. <laughs> yeah. Don't go there. But yet you stepped out. You stepped out. You know, Jesus is rejoicing when the, when the followers all of a sudden get it. Because they realize who they are. They realize their true identity. So you don't want to throw all that out. So here, Jehoshaphat is coming and he's saying, listen, we have no hope. Our condition is bleak. This is bad. Now let me tell you guys something. When things are like this, this is when it's in kingdom odds. When things are so bad, when you are backed up against impossible circumstances, you just stepped into God's realm. I mean, God likes it when it's impossible. Why? Because you can't write it off as anything else when he shows up. When breakthrough comes, you can't write it off as just your brilliance and your smarts and your wise choices and decisions. You know what I mean? That's the reason why when, man, when you get, when you get better with anything, giving God credit is always the wisest thing to do. I mean, give the Lord, give the Lord honor regardless I, so many people have asked me, you know, why do some people lose their healings? Why do some, I, I think it's because sometimes in the testimony they back off from giving honor where honors do. You know, all of a sudden with this group, they're like, yes, Jesus healed me. With that, they're like, oh, I got better. Well, give honor. No, Jesus healed me with every group. Regardless of what their response is, regardless of what their pushback is going to be. No, Jesus Christ did this. He did this for me. Man, you want to see, you want to, you want to keep, hang on to that? You want to see breakthrough come? That's just a part of it. Okay, that's, that's getting into another teaching I don't have time for. But anyway, hopefully you get the idea. Is this helpful? So it says, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones. Man, they bring, they bring in everybody. They bring in the wives. They bring in the children. They bring in the... I love this. They're all sitting... Well, let me back up. He says, now see how they have reward us and they have come to throw us out of your land. This is your land, God. They've come to throw us out of your land, which you gave to us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army. What, what Jehoshaphat is doing here is really bad leadership based on human stand, understanding of leadership. He's acknowledging absolute and utter weakness and impossibility here. If you want to rally the troops, this is not the way to do it. If you want to see breakthrough from God, you know, this is how to do it. We're at the impossible realm. We're at the place of the impossible. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Man, this, is, this pulls at the heartstrings of the Father. This just pulls at the heartstrings of the Father. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, their children, the Spirit of the Lord came on one of the men standing. 
His name was Jehazel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of a bunch of other people. A descendant of Asaph. And he said, so, that, so now I want you to replace the name Jehazel with Bob. Okay? We're not talking about Bob Hazlett. We're talking, just talking about Bob over that sits in that section over there. Bob that sits over there. Okay? All this, so Jehazel sounds like a cool name, but really this is as common as Bob. Okay? And so he says, he said, listen, all of you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. This word doesn't make any sense. Everything that's, that's here is scary and, and terrifying. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this vast, mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. This battle isn't yours. This battle is God's. I I was just with uh, uh, Lou Engle. Do you guys know who Lou Engle is? I was just with Lou Engle. And and, and we're sitting in his home and we're having dinner. His wife made this amazing fish. And we're we're enjoying it. And we're talking. And... and all of a sudden, you know, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. He'll probably never hear it, so it probably doesn't matter. But all of a sudden, he's like, Robbie, he goes, you know, all these people are, are telling, you know, and when Lou goes to talk, he does this thing like, it's like, like this. And I'm like, dude, you're going to like knock over all the food on the table, you know. And he's like, you know, everybody's pressing me to contact all these, you know, denominational leaders and all of these, you know, church-wide leaders and to have them, you know, because we've got to fill a stadium with 110,000 people. How are we going to do that? You know, we've only got 27,000 registered right now. It's only a few months away. And he's sitting there and he's rocking back and forth, getting more intense in his rocking. And, and, and I'm, I'm looking at him and he goes, and the people that were with us were going, well, you know, you should do this and you should do this. And... And I looked at him, I said, Lou, I said, you know, I don't know if you flew me here to give you advice on gathering 100,000 people because I've never done that before. I don't know how to do that. I looked at him and I said, but can I just stop and tell you? I said, everything that sounds humanly normal and how you should respond to this, I would say, don't do it. And he's like, what? And I was like, don't do it. I said, if this is God's gig, dude. God will do this. And I said, you're, you're spending sleepless nights. There's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. And he goes, you have no idea. And I said, I can only imagine. I said, but Lou, if this is God's thing, the Lord will do this. I said, don't, don't go conventional route. Get the word out. Spread the word. But this is something that the Lord will build. I said, we can easily just get in his way. I know because I get in his way all the time with stuff like this. And I said, don't do that. Let the Lord do this thing, Lou. And all of a sudden he looks and he goes, this could be the turning point. And I was like, I didn't think it was that good of advice. I didn't think it was that powerful. And he was like, no, no, that's right. And, and I stepped around and we just began to pray peace and began to pray rest. I said, I'm not praying for more vision because dude, if you had more vision, you would like explode. <laughs> Your head would like blow up all over the ceiling right now. I mean, he has vision crawling out of his ears. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you don't need more vision. I said, we just need to trust the Lord in this thing. You know, and we were trying to explore how to do a, you know, healing demonstration with 100,000 people. And I'm like, I don't know, but we'll do it. I'll figure it out. We'll, We'll get there, man. Let's just move forward. I said, but we don't have to figure this all out today. Right now, and then all of a sudden, this just sense of God's peace just came over all of us. 
Yeah, this is God's gig. This is God's gig. This is God's idea. You know, Azusa 110 years ago was God's idea. 110 years later, this is still God's idea. You know? All right, where was I? Verse 16, thank you very much. Tomorrow, march out against them, and you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens to the wilderness of, of Jehrel. But you will, not eat, you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Stand still and watch the Lord's victory. You do realize this is putting them in the most vulnerable position possible. Where they were going out to watch this thing would put them in absolute vulnerability. This doesn't make sense. Have you ever noticed God doesn't owe it to us to make sense? Isn't that irritating? Well, Lord, if you give me a word where you guarantee me that something will happen, then I'll go do it. Well, yeah, that requires no faith whatsoever. He's not going to do that. He wants it to where it's utter dependency. You know what I mean? All right. So he says, you will not even need to fight. Just take your position. Stand still. Watch the Lord do this. Now, man, it says, don't be afraid or discouraged. Go out against him tomorrow for the Lord is with you. King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. Kings don't do that. Kings don't do that. They don't, you know, they stand up and go, I knew it. See, I told you this was the right strategy that I had. He says he bows his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same. Why? Because they were recognizing the father's identity, not their own condition. They're recognizing the father's identity, who he is, not their own circumstances. They're acknowledging who he is in the circumstances, not what the circumstances are saying. Then the, the Levites and everybody, everybody then puts their face. Why? Because the king's doing it. That's leadership 101 right there. You want people to follow you? Do the thing that you're wanting them to do and they'll follow suit. You know what I mean? Then the Levites from the, all the clans of Koath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went to the wilderness of Tekoa. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped them. Now, let me tell you what I think started to happen here. All of a sudden, they're marching out. They're not taking any weapons of war. Why? Because the Lord said, don't. And all of a sudden, they're marching out. And, 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 and all of a sudden, I think what happens is somebody goes, you do realize that was Bob who gave that word last night. I mean, we're talking Bob here. You do realize, I mean, Bob's the one who hollered at his wife in front of everybody, was not behaving like a godly man. You know, I, 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 I saw him, you know, get too harsh and too strong with his kids. You know, I heard him say an off-color word he shouldn't have said when he got angry. We're talking Bob! You remember the last men's camping thing? His feet stunk more than anybody's. This is Bob we're talking about. He sits back in that section. We are hanging our lives on a word that Bob got. We could be taking our lives in our own hand. Let me tell you why we shouldn't listen to Bob. Think about it. I mean, Jehazel is just, he's a common guy. 
He's just a common guy. This is Bob. I can't believe we're doing this. And so all of a sudden as they're marching along, Jehoshaphat stops. And I love this. It says on the way he stopped. I think Jehoshaphat started hearing. Yeah, this is Bob. Bob, I mean, he's, he's crazy. You know, he, he, he sticks his foot in his mouth all the time. He says stupid stuff. What if this is one of those stupid things that he just said? On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped them and said, listen to me, you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord, your God, not Bob. Believe in the word of the Lord, not Bob. This isn't about Bob. There's three of you that saw that movie. <laughs> Only three. All of your young people are like, I think I heard my great grandfather talk about that movie. Is that the one? <laughs> it's every pastor's nightmare, that movie is. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand for it. Believe in the prophets. Now they're going, nudging each other. He's calling Bob a prophet. Are you serious? And we will succeed. Why? Because it's not about Bob. It's about the voice of the Lord. It's about the voice of God. He's going, look guys, we don't have anything else to trust in. We don't have anything else to do. You want to know your true identity is when you get to the place where there's no other options. You just stepped into who you really are. When you step into the impossible, you just stepped into your true identity. Just saying. You will succeed after consulting the people. Now, I grew up my whole life hearing that the Lord instructed them to put the worship leaders in front of them. I'd heard that my whole life. Right here, guess what? That's not true. It says Jehoshaphat consults the people. Oh, this guy is so good. Consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord, praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. You know, Jehoshaphat is going, let me tell you something, guys. We're not going to let our disqualification of Bob lead us. We are going to let who we know Christ is lead us. We're going to let who we know the father is and worship does that. Worship just clears the way. It puts the focus on him and off of us and off of our circumstances. You know what I mean? It just takes it off of, of, of who we are. And some of you are like, but you don't understand the difficulty I'm going through. You don't understand the pain, the hardship. Let me tell you something. When I saw my mother dying in the hospital of cancer, of colon cancer, and we would go in and she would have these outbursts, screaming in pain. And then she would start to worship. In the midst of her pain. And she would say, I worship you, tears streaming down her face as she's in agony, as in pain. And I would tell my sons, look, watch, you're seeing, you are seeing a profound thing in the midst of suffering, in the midst of hurt, acknowledging who God is. No matter the circumstances, our eyes are on him, not on what we're going through. My circumstances yield to who he is. Not call on him to yield to my circumstances. 
or to respond to them. They begin to cry out in this holy splendor. They begin to see, give thanks to the Lord. He is faithful and his love endures forever. That song is just looping over and over. Give thanks to the Lord in his splendor. His love endures forever and ever. At that very moment. Now you got to understand, there's probably Larry the popcorn vendor who's going, oh, we're just going to go stand still. We don't have to fight. I'm pulling out the popcorn machine. I'm going to go sell popcorn. You know, let's, let's pull it. He's all excited. The butter's hot. It's, he's moving the popcorn machine. And they're moving. Everybody's singing as they go. I mean, this, this is a wild picture here, if you think about it. At the very moment when, when they decided to put their focus on the identity of their father and not their circumstances. At the moment they took their eyes off of who they were and onto who he is. At that very moment. I was preaching someplace and this young lady came up to me and said, why do you get so angry when you preach? And I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm just all jacked up. I bastard in the hood for 17 years. That's what happens to you. You just get fired up, man. At that very moment that they began to sing, give praise to the Lord, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. They haven't even round the corner to see the fight yet. God told them, stand still and watch while I'll destroy them. They haven't even got that point. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against the allies of Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So that when the army of Judah had finally arrived at the lookout point, Larry's all excited, the butter's hot, the popcorn's popping, we're ready to sell popcorn for the show. As soon as they arrived, they saw that there were dead bodies lying all over the ground as far as the eye could see. Not one of the enemy had escaped. Nobody, they, poor Larry. A buck fifty for a buck. Oh, man. <laughs> it's all over bodies laying everywhere the armies had been defeated it had been completely obliterated everything's destroyed it's already over why because when you put his identity first when you put who he is first above your circumstances he just clears the way of everything else the distractions the the things that would try to rob you just get cleared out of the way So they, in conclusion, (laughs) they show up, there's tens of thousands of people laying on the ground. Now, why these people do this in the Bible times, I'll never understand. They're like, hey, let's go to war. Let's take all the family treasure with us. Empty out the savings account and fill our pockets full of money. You know, take, you know, great grandpa's pocket watch that's worth a thousand bucks. Let's go. Why? Because we're going to battle. 
This, it makes no sense, but they take all their wells with them, and they're all dead, and there's all this treasure just laying on the surface. God didn't even promise that. That wasn't even a part of the deal. That's just the benefit of listening to what God says rather than just writing it off as what Bob says. They get there and they collect. It takes days to gather all the wealth and to bring it back. It takes days. Guys, let me tell you something. The circumstances that you may be up against, you may stop and go, but you don't understand. This is worse. This circumstance is bad. You don't understand what just happened. You don't understand. We are always asking the Father to work things out based on what fits. We're always giving him the plan to work for us. Lord, if you'll just work this plan, everything will be okay. I got a plan. If you'll work it, everything will be good. Just work the plan. So, you know what I mean? And, and we think that's the answer. I'm thinking it's wise to go to the smartest being that has ever lived in all of history and saying, do you have a plan? Maybe we should follow that instead and come up with our own. And you know what God's plan is? You. You're God's plan. You're God's solution. You're God's solution to transformation coming in your community. You're God's solution for transformation coming in your family. You're God's solution for your work. That boss that you can't stand who's so abusive and so many, guess what? I sometimes think that's God just flagging people going, hey, right here, we need kingdom activity. Right here, we need, we need blessing. Right here, we need transformation. Right here, we need, we need healing. Right here, we need, you know what I'm saying? But we sometimes can be so myopic and so focused on what our circumstances is rather than what's the Father doing in this? What's the Father doing and how do we participate? Guys, this is, Jehoshaphat is so wise to stop and to say, forget all the plans. Right now, all we need is you. We are helpless, we are hopeless. Without you, nothing works. So we are here, you are here. Come, show, speak, whatever you say. Uh, otherwise, we're dead, and, 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 and so what? That's, that's the end of it, if that's the case. But just come. Guys, this isn't about performance. This isn't about capability. This isn't about talent. This is about the spirit of the Lord moving on you. This is about the spirit, the identity of God that he's placed on you and us walking that out. Not in an understanding that he has to convince us, but in us just laying ourselves and saying, God, I don't understand it. I just get to reap the benefits of it. I just get to live this out. That's what God is calling to you. That's what he's challenging with us this weekend. And I pray that you hear that. I, that's, that's, that's as good of an ending as you're going to get right there. I don't have, there's no sort of smooth landing this plane. It's just sort of <laughs> crash into the side of the mountain. <laughs> I 
Everyone taking preaching in seminary is like, okay, don't take notes on that ending right there. That's not the way to go. Let's stand. Some of you think you're not prophetic. That's a lie. Some of you think that you're not gifted in particular areas because maybe you don't feel a particular draw, but don't believe the lie. The source is Christ in you. It's Christ in you. Just put your hands out if you would. Father, we're absolutely desperate for you. We're absolutely desperate for you. And we're here in this house because your name is in this house. Our nation is in a desperate place. Sometimes it looks like there's just no qualified leaders. Oh, but Lord, isn't that where we look to you instead? Rather than a man's system and a man's way your name is in this house your name is in this house come Holy Spirit Fall on us here. Fall on us now. <clears throat> Be filled right now. More, Lord, right now, turn it up. Let your fire fall in this place, oh God. Let your fire fall. Come. More, Lord, turn it up, Holy Spirit. Turn it up. More, Lord? Yeah. Be filled right now. Be filled right now. 
More, Lord? Ruin us with your presence, Lord. Ruin us with it. feeling that on you, if you're feeling that heat or that electricity or just the weightiness of God's presence, legs are shaking, hearts racing, if you're feeling any of that, just lift your hand right now, if you're feeling that, all over the room. Yeah, Spirit of God. On most of you, yeah. And those of you that don't have your hand up and you're like, I'm desperate for that, but I don't have my hand up because I'm not experiencing that. I want you to come down right now. You're not experiencing it. You're not feeling it, but you're desperate for it. Come down right now. Those of you that are feeling that, that you just raised your hands, I want you to come and I want you to circle these guys right here. It's calm. You can make your way even up through here, through the front. I just want you to just, just circle these guys. If you're feeling that on you, if you are feeling that on you, there's some of you that you're feeling heat, electricity, you're feeling just this rattling, the shaking. Your hands are hot, your whatever it is. If, you're, if you came up, just push your way through. Just come up even up here in front of these guys right here. Go ahead, push your way past them. Just through the brakes in here and then come up here in the front and just surround them. Yeah, come up, come up through here. Come up through here and through the front here. Yeah. Let's put a hand on these guys. Just, Father, whatever you're doing on us right now, we release to our brothers and sisters. Father, whatever you put on us right now, we just say, Lord, just let your fire just rip through them right now. Just let the fire of your presence, let the igniting fire power of your spirit just come and just fall on them right here, right now. Turn it up, Holy Spirit. Be filled right now. Go ahead, pray for them right now. You may, you may even speak a prophetic word over them. Make a declaration. You guys, you guys from back over there, make your way up over here and come up across up, up here. <clears throat> Father, we just call just the fire of your spirit right now just to fall on, on the hungry, the desperate, Lord. We are hungry for your presence. We are desperate for a God encounter. We are desperate for that breakthrough of your spirit. Holy Spirit, just come. Just fill us up right now. Come. More, Lord. More, Lord. Ignite us. Ignite your people. Be filled. Be filled. Go deep. 
be filled. More, Lord. More, Lord. Just release that fire of your presence. Go deep, Holy Spirit. Be filled. From the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Right now, Holy Spirit, come. Come, fill them up. Fill them up. More, Lord. More, Lord. Now, if you came up here and you weren't feeling anything, but you're starting to feel something now, lift your hand up. If you came up, it's, yeah. <laughs> That's it, right, yeah. Yeah, more, Lord. Turn it up. Turn it up, Holy Spirit. Those who have hands on them, just say, more, Lord, more. Fill them up. You don't have to whisper. You don't have to. I want you to pray with confidence. I want you to release that, just that sense of desperation for our brothers, our sisters, our friends. Make these hands hot, Holy Spirit. Healing anointing right here. Firepower of your spirit right here. Make them hot. Make them hot. More, Lord. More, Lord. Fill them up. Fill them up. Go deep, Holy Spirit. Go deep. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Fill. 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 Go deep. Go deep. He's all over you. More, Lord. More, Lord. Make them hot. Make these hands hot. The power of your spirit. Go deep, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. Turn it up. Turn it up. Go deep. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Fill them up. Fill them up. Go deep. Go deep. Now, those who are standing there with him, I want you now begin to release. I want you to step into that prophetic identity. And I want you to begin to make declarations over the people you're praying for right now. I just want you to say things, call out identity, call out, make out uh, the declarations of God over them right now. Just tell them what you just see on them. Call it out. Speak it out now. Come on. Do this by faith. You're like, but I'm Bob. You're perfect for the Lord to use in this. More, Lord. Fill them up. You guys standing back at your seat, anybody who's standing back there who needs healing in your body, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand up if you're back at your seat. You guys standing around these guys with their hands up, keep your hand up. Step over to them, ask them what's going on, and, and begin to speak to their body. Begin to command their body to be healed. On the count of three, move now. You didn't come here to be spectators. Go to somebody with their hand up right now. Begin to speak over them. Make, to command that body to be healed. There's a guy in the very back with his hand up back there. Somebody reach over to him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your power. Turn it up, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, there's just another wave of the Spirit coming right now. More, Lord. Turn it up, Holy Spirit. Just another wave. Another wave of his presence. Turn it up, Holy Spirit. Fill us up. Go deep. More, Lord. In Jesus' name. More, Lord. Fill him up. More, Lord. 
If you just prayed for that person for healing, then, then now just ask them how they're doing. Check them out. See how they're doing right now. There's some of you that you may need prayer for something else other than what we've said. If you just, you're just like, I just need prayer, just raise your hand right now. And just those standing around, just reach over and just begin to pray for them. Ask them what they need prayer for right now. Just reach over. I've got some over here that need prayer. Just right now, by the authority of Christ, reach over and begin to pray for them right now. Just keep your hand up for somebody to come. <coughs> Fill them up, Holy Spirit. Fill them up, Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, Lord. The Lord's breaking just demonic attacks off. There's some of you that have been under demonic attack right now by the authority of Christ. We just command every demonic spirit that has tried to come against the people of God to stand down now. We break every lie, every demonic influence in the name of Jesus. And we command it to go now by the authority of Christ. Be released in Jesus' name right now. In Jesus' name right now. Jesus.